turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 33 verse 18. The book of Exodus chapter 33 verse 18. read. This is Moses speaking. The Bible says that and he said I beseech thee show me thy glory and we are blessed by the reading of God's word. Shall we read it together? It says and I beseech and he said I beseech thee show me thy glory. Ready? Go. Let's read it again. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm starting a five-part series that I have titled, Show Me Your Glory. Show me your glory. Somebody say with me, show me your glory. Now let it be a prayer. Say, Lord, show me your glory. Oh, say it again. Let it be like a prayer. Say, Lord, show me your glory. And as that becomes your prayer, God will show you his glory this month in the mighty name of Jesus. Now the scripture we read in the book of Exodus chapter 33 verse 18 The Bible says that Moses came to God and asked God to show him his glory. Now I want you to understand the background of this scripture. The background of this scripture simply has to do with Moses who who was appointed by God to lead the children of Israel out of captivity. And when Moses was born, this prophecy was in place. And as a result of that, during the time of his birth, a law was put in place that every male child under the age of two should be killed because of Moses. That's one thing you need to understand that everyone that carries a purpose, that carries a destiny, the enemy always sends an attack to their lives. That's why you sometimes wonder, what is it that I have done that I'm going through such attacks? It's simply because you carry a destiny. So when Moses was born, the Bible says that the mother couldn't keep him any longer in secret. So he was put in a basket and he was placed on a river. And because of the supernatural nature of God over his life, Moses did not sink in the basket, but rather floated. When God is with you, it doesn't matter what is going on. Others might be going down, but as for you, you cannot go down. You will float in the name of Jesus. Just like Peter, when Jesus came walking to them on the water, and Peter saw Jesus, Peter said to Jesus, if it is you, bid me to come. And Jesus said to him, come. And the Bible says Peter stood, stepped out of the boat and he started walking on the water. 
And because Peter walked on the water, you will walk on water. Water is unstable. Water is a season of your life where everything is unstable. Everything you do is unstable. You step here, you are going down. But in this season of his glory, you will not walk in instability any longer. I said you will not walk in instability any longer. Listen, I want you to be meaningful about this month. When you say amen, let your amen be meaningful. Don't just say it as a religious jargon. Say amen within your spirit. And as you say amen, it shall be so for you. Hallelujah. So Moses did not sink, but rather floated in the basket. He did not sink, but rather floated in the basket. I have good news for you. In this season that we are in, what sinks others will cause you to float. Where others are sinking, you will be going up. Where others are going down, God will be promoting you. Where others are, are crying, you will be rejoicing. In the mighty name of Jesus. So the background has to do with Moses carrying a divine purpose, carrying a destiny, and the destiny was to deliver God's children from captivity. And you know the story? Moses grew up and one day went to the field. He saw one Israeli and one Egyptian fighting and Moses killed the Egyptian and then the next time he went to the field again, he saw two Israelis, two Jews fighting. And then when he wanted to separate them, one of them was the one who was fighting before. And he said, are you going to kill me? Who made you a ruler of us? Are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? And the Bible says that the news got to Pharaoh. And because of that, Moses fled. Now, let me say this. When God has a plan and a purpose for your life, don't try to help God. You see, the sad thing is many people try to help God. Like Abraham, they wanted to help God have a son. And they produced Ishmael, and you know the result of Ishmael to date. Never try to help God. Because you and I can't help God. The day you start trying to help God, you will give birth to Ishmael. And when you give birth to Ishmael, Ishmael, you will fight your Isaac for life. So don't try to help God. Don't tell God this is not happening. I want it quick. Don't try to help God. Why? Because God's time is the best. So Moses tried to help God. And as a result of that, guess what happened? He added 30 more years to the prophecy. The prophecy was that the children of Israel were going to stay in captivity for 400 years. But because Moses killed the Egyptian, that prophecy was prolonged for 30 extra years. In trying to help God, you rather prolong your destiny. Please hear me. Don't try to help God. Because no man can help God. 
allow him to do it in his season. That's why the Bible says that in his time, he makes all things beautiful. And your season will come. Amen. Your time will come. Amen. Don't be in a rush. When your time comes, no man can take the glory. Yes. Hallelujah. I said when your time comes, no man, no woman can take the glory. Why? Because all the glory will go to God. Yes. And so, after that, Moses went into exile and he had an encounter with God. He saw the burning bush. God spoke to him and God said, I'm sending you back to the people you are running away from to go and deliver them. Sometimes the very thing you are running away from, God sends you back. <laughs> there are some friends who are avoiding, but God sends you back to go and save them. There are some marriages that you are avoiding, but God will have to send you back to go and redeem that marriage because he has put in you the solution for that marriage. Are you following what I'm saying? So God sent him back, and guess what happened? Moses went back, and when he went back, he was able to deliver God's children out of captivity by performing the ten mighty miracles we ever saw. You saw the ten plagues. And as a result of that, Pharaoh finally lets God's people out. But when they were going, Pharaoh still chased them. The Red Sea was parted. The children of God walked through the Red Sea on a dry ground. But when the children of the Egyptians came after them through the Red Sea, they were swallowed by the sea. And so now they have been delivered. Remember, the Bible says in the book of Hosea chapter 12 verse 13, it says through by a prophet, God brought the children of Israel out of captivity. And by a prophet, he will preserve them. Amen. So a prophet does two things. Number one, a prophet brings you out. And number two, a prophet preserves you. A prophet delivers you and then he preserves you. The sad thing is that many people leave when they have only been delivered. After you have been delivered, you need to be preserved. Are you following me? So now, when you, when you receive the deliverance, that's not the time to leave. That's not the time to leave God. That's not the time to leave church. That's not the time to leave the house of God. Be planted because after the delivery, there is preservation. And the preservation is more important than the delivery. So the Bible says, by a prophet, God brought the children of Israel out of captivity. And by a prophet, he preserved them. And so now, God said, I'm bringing you out of Egypt into the promised land. You see, many people are out of Egypt, but they are not yet in the promised land. They are out of captivity. They are out of slavery, but they are not yet in the promised land. You say, Pastor, what is the modern day promised land? The modern day promised land is when you are at peace in Christ Jesus. 
when your heart is at peace, when you are restful, when you have an all-round peace, you have an all-round rest, and someone is coming into that season from today. I said, someone is coming into that season from today. Let me hear a living amen. Someone is coming into an all-round rest from today in the name of Jesus. And so they were delivered out of, out of Egypt. And now it's time for them to be taken into the promised land. And you know the story? They were cursing Moses. They were saying to Moses. Now Moses was leading three million people out of captivity. So that's not easy. They were telling Moses, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die on this wilderness? Everything they needed on the wilderness, God provided. They needed manna, God gave them. They needed direction, light, God gave them light. God was a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. He was directing them. He was giving them everything. He provided manna for them. Manna simply means what is this? And what is this miracle? When God bless you, you come to that season where you begin to wonder, what is this? Someone is coming into a what is this season? Hallelujah. So, now they are cursing Moses. They even made Moses to be angry, to strike the rod twice. And God vowed and said, because of what you have done, you are not going to go into the promised land. But before then, Moses have to go to God and said, God, you know these people? These people are stiff neck. These people have a hard heart. They will not listen. They, they just want to do their own thing. Now, after all you have done, one thing is what I need. I need to see your glory. Because many people thought that after they were delivered out of captivity, Moses has done the greatest thing. But Moses said, no, no, God. I want to see your glory. Amen. And solution, I have good news for you. From today, you will see the glory of God. Amen. I said, from today, you will see the glory of God. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Moses said to God, God, I want to see your glory. Because I can't do this on Show me your glory. That's where that scripture comes in. Now, for further clarification, let's go back to Exodus chapter 33 from verse 11. So you can understand the background of this scripture carefully. Exodus chapter 33 from verse 11. Bible says that, and the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend, and he turned again into the camp by his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man departed not out of the tabernacle. Now I want you to understand this carefully. Now the Bible says God was speaking to Moses mouth to mouth, face to face. 
like a friend will speak to his friend. Now, guess what? Moses was the one who wrote the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now, Moses was not there when God was creating the heavens and the earth. Yet, God gave Moses a rundown of how he created the heavens, the earth, how he made man line upon line. There must be something about Moses for God to say, this is the one I can trust with the very creation of the universe. So Moses had something. Moses had something that caused him to have such an encounter with God. And this month, I said this month, you will speak to God face to face. Some of you will hear the voice of God for the first time this month. You will hear his voice audibly. He will tell you, step here, go there, do this, don't do this. You will hear his voice audibly this month. I say you will hear his voice audibly this month. You will hear him speak to you clearly. And let me say this, your number one asset or the number one asset of every believer is the voice of God. I don't want the miracles. I just want the voice of God. I don't want breakthroughs. I just want the voice of God. If I can hear him, I have more than anything. Many of us have made mistakes because we didn't hear God. Some of us have entered into relationships because we didn't hear God. If you had heard his voice, he would tell you, no, this man is a liar. He would tell you, this woman is a liar. But many of us didn't hear his voice. We missed out on hearing his voice. So we entered into that relationship and for the rest of our life, it's creating heartache. The voice of God is an asset in your life. Stop looking for miracles. Ask God to reveal himself to you. So verse 12, the Bible says, And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou seest unto me, bring up these people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence will go with thee, and I'll give thee rest. You want rest? The secret to having rest is the presence of God. You see, many of us have been deceived that if you buy this bed, it will give you rest. You buy latest foam, it 
to give you rest. But there is no rest in the bed. Rest is in Christ Jesus. Rest is in knowing God. When you know God, you are at rest. I have never, never had a troubled heart. Never. It doesn't matter what's happening. Never. When our son had that incident, I was restful. I was calm. This is a life and death situation. I was calm. Because I know who has called me. No child can die in my hands. Nothing dies in this hand. Nothing dies in this hand. I said nothing dies in this hand. So I am at rest. I was at rest. There was no shaking. When my, my son was at the hospital, going through uh, uh, from one world to the other, I was out there evangelizing. I was with one of my pastors. He didn't even know that anything was happening. I was full of joy. My son was going to theater and I was out there on the field winning souls. Because I cannot take care of his life. God is the one who takes care of life. Now, between myself and God, who can be more closer to my son than me? God. <laughs> so I was at rest. Peace like a river. There is nothing in this world that can shake me. No news whatsoever. He said, Pastor, have you ever heard any bad news before? Oh, yes. There was a time I was coming to preach. And I had a phone call. My mother passed away. Sunday morning, I was coming to preach. I came, I preached. My wife didn't know. After we got home, I told her, my mom is gone. She said, really, are you sure? He said, but you were still preaching? You didn't look like someone who was going through something. That is rest. When my son was going through life and death situation, I was here preaching. Rest. Somebody say rest. rest. Somebody say divine rest. Divine. I'm telling you, there is a shaking coming to the world, but you'll have rest. Amen. You'll have peace. Amen. There can be storms going on. You will have peace Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. There can be storms going on. This house will be peaceful. Amen. I said, this house will be peaceful. Amen. You see, even in my house, there is no fighting because there is rest. Never, never. There's never been an argument in my house before. Never argued with my wife before. And this Friday will be, what, 10 years after we've been married. 10 years. Glory be It's Friday, isn't it? Wow. 10 years of peace. Perfect peace. Enjoyable marriage. No fighting, nothing. They say, oh, pastor, it's not true. As for, as for our marriage, we always fight. Well, you will have what you believe. You are empowered to become what you believe. They say, oh, pastor, I believe in fighting. Well, praise the Lord. You receive your fighting. 
Hallelujah. You have your fighting. But in our marriage, there is joy. There is peace. There is excitement. Don't I look young? Don't my wife look young? We don't look like we've been doing this 10 years. Glory be to God. Some of you have been married only for two years and you have wrinkles everywhere. <laughs> only two years. You say, Pastor, this is a hard job. in this marriage. Amen. You see, listen, I never even prayed for a wife. I never prayed for a wife. Matthew 6.33 was my prayer. Father, save the lost. Father, heal the sick. Father, reach out to those that are oppressed. That was my prayer. I never prayed for a wife once. Once. Never. Never. Yet God gave me a wonderful wife. I've never prayed, oh God, today my marriage, God, today when I get home, let my wife give me food. Oh God, oh God, Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, never. Never. Are you following me? You see, you are running after the wrong things. God's word is clear. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. If you seek first, the rest will come. Why don't you seek first the kingdom and the rest will come? For instance, we are in a season where we are praying the Lord of the harvest for souls into this house. One hour minimum a day. But some of you are. You are not praying. They say, oh, why do I have to Pray for one hour for souls for the church. And you want God to take care of your needs? Remember Zechariah chapter 7 verse 13? He said, because I cry and you will not hear me. When you cry, I will not hear you. When it comes to the kingdom of God, you don't care. You are like, like a daisy cow. You, are, you, you don't care. Nothing, nothing about the church excites you. Why should anything about you excite God? If nothing about the church excites you, why should anything about you excite God? And so God is wicked. No, 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 no. There are some of us, God like us. In the kingdom of God, like is the highest level of love. Because God's love is general. But when God likes you, it's the highest level of love. Because God even loved the sinners. For God so loved the world that he gave. Yes. But you have to do something for God to like you. And I tell you, God likes me. Yes. What is the secret? I sacrifice for the kingdom. I pray for the kingdom. I fast for the kingdom. I pray that souls will be saved. So whilst I'm doing that, God is taking care of what concerns me. I have never prayed for a car before. Never. I have never prayed for where to live before. Never. Yet God has given them to me in abundance. In my little years of being a pastor, I've given out no less than five cars. Five. Five. 
you need to get this. You want to see the glory? Go after what God loves. Take minimum. We have three more weeks left. Take minimum one hour every day from today. Pray for the kingdom. Pray for the kingdom expansion. Pray for souls. Pray for the house of God. And see if God will not take care of what concerns you.
You can't see it. Because no man can see me and leave. Now that's not true. Because remember, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were speaking to God in the glory zone. When the devil came to the garden, guess what he came to steal? The glory. glory. So at this point in life, Moses, because his flesh, he could not contain the, the, the radiance of the glory. Because the light is too much. Have you not seen that sometimes when the sun is too high, people have to use umbrella. Now the glory of God is higher than the sun. Now if you can't contain just a 34 degree or 40 degrees of sun, how much more the glory? Have you not noticed that people get sunburned when the sun is too high? Now in the glory zone, the flesh cannot handle it. That's why in the glory zone, no flesh is permitted in the glory zone. That's why God said, no flesh shall glory in my presence. Because in the glory zone, only spirit beings are allowed. And this one, God will charge your spirit. Your spirit will come alive. You will experience his glory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 21, the Bible says, and the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me. That thou shalt stand upon the rock. And it shall come to pass while my glory pass by. Oh, glory. So that means the glory can be seen. While the glory pass by. When the glory is passing, that is God passing. Amen. And you will not miss the glory this month. Amen. You will not be asleep this month. Amen. In the service, you will see the glory. I'm speaking now, the glory is manifesting. That's right. The glory is manifesting. Yes. Any area of your life that has sickness, the glory will burn it out. Yes. The glory will burn cancer out. Yes. The glory will burn every pain out. Yes. The glory will burn every HIV AIDS out. Yes. The glory will burn every blood disorder out. Amen. In the of Jesus the glory will burn out every shame the glory will burn out every generational curse the glory will burn out every evil plan of the enemy against you in the name of Jesus because when the glory comes that's the radiance of God that's the splendor of God that's the beauty of his holiness. God said, my glory will pass by that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by and I will take away my hand and thou shalt see my back parts but my face shall not be seen. That means even the, the back parts of God is better. Amen. <laughs> he said, I'll cover you with my hands. I'll put you by my side. Oh, glory. I don't know about you, but I just want to be by his side. Amen. 
Because being by his side alone is more than enough. He said, I'll put you by my side. I'll use my hand to cover your face because this shining, this radiance, this glory that is coming is too much. Every time I pray this prayer, I weep. Every time I pray this prayer, Lord, show me your glory. I weep because he shows me a dimension that no eye have seen or no ear have heard what God has in store for those who love him. And solution, you'll see his glory this morning. Amen. I don't know who is at your office planning evil against you, planning your dismissal. This week, the glory of God will speak. Amen. I said, the glory of God will speak for you. Amen. I don't know who is sitting on your promotion, but this week, the glory of God will speak for you. Amen. I don't know who has covered your face with veil, saying, as for you, you will remain single forever. This week, the glory of God will speak for you. Amen. Let me hear a living amen. amen. I said, the glory of God will speak for you. The glory of God will remove that veil. And the covering of the Lord will come upon you in the name of Jesus. So quickly, what is the glory of God? The glory of God is the splendor and the majesty of God's goodness. The glory of God is the splendor and the majesty of God's goodness. All I've been doing from beginning of the message till now is just introduction. <laughs> I have not even defined the glory yet. There are many definitions, but I can't give you all. We'll, we, I'll, I'll, I'll stagger them through as we go along in these five weeks. In these five weeks, in this glory zone, we will see growth vanish. Any growth in any part of your body, they will begin to vanish. They will disappear. Any, oh God, we will see creative miracles. Creative miracles. I said creative miracles. That's what we will see in this glory zone. In the name of Jesus. Listen, God is in a class by himself. His infinite perfections, infinite in greatness, and infinite in worth. His infinite in perfections, infinite in greatness, and infinite in worth. In other words, there is no limit. There is no limit. <laughs> so quickly, how do I or how do we experience the glory of God? Anyone wants to experience the glory of God? Yes. How do we experience the glory of God? And then we'll close. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. This is a key scripture I want you to go home and study. As a matter of fact, study the whole chapter of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll be looking at it in the weeks to come. It shows us that the glory that Moses saw was a lesser glory. There is another higher glory which we are going to enter into. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want you to take time studying the whole, just one chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Study it, just read it, 
And then as we run, you'll begin to see and understand. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, But we all, with an open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. Even by the Spirit. So if you want to experience the glory of God, the Bible says that we all with an open face beholding us in the glass. The glass here represents the world. So if you want to see the glory of God, you have to look into the world. Amen. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes. You cannot see the glory if you don't look into the world. So it's a we all with an open face. That means every time you open the word, you have to be open to what God will show you or will reveal to you. Because when you look into the word, by the time you come out of the word, you will become another man. You will become another woman. As we all behold, as in the glass, the glory of the Lord, we are changed. We are changed into the same image. We are not changed into a lesser image. Now Moses was struggling to see the glory of God. But when we behold the word, when we look into the word, the Bible says that we are changed into the same image. What image is he talking about? The image of Christ. The image of Christ is the glory of God. That's what the Bible says that Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the more you look into the mirror, the more you look into the mirror of the word, the more you are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Give Jesus some praise somewhere. We are changed from glory to glory. <laughs> that will be your encounter this season. That means that in the glory zone, there are levels. <laughs> there are levels. There are four levels in the glory zone. I'll take you through that next week. There are four levels. You need to know which level you are in. You need to know what level you are in. If you don't know what level you are in, that's why you'll be struggling. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, Lord, 
show me your glory. Let it be your prayer. Say, Lord, show me your glory. Oh, I want you to say it with conviction. Say, Lord, show me your glory. Say it again. Say, Lord, show me your glory. Did you receive it today? Yeah.